Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Jumping with Jumi here on BlackDoctor.org. I'm your host, and today we are talking all about hair care. What questions do you have about hair? What questions do you have about how to achieve your optimal length, how to reverse any damage, how to, you know, just anything you have about your hair care journey? Go ahead and put those in the comment section because today's show is all about getting you the information that you need and the questions that you have answered. From products to styles to conditions to treatments, we're covering it all today. So you know what? You're in the perfect place to get your questions answered. But before we get started with our guests, let me know where you're tuning in from. You know, our guests are coming to you from all over the country today. So let me know where you're watching from and also make sure you like this broadcast and you share this show. Let people know that if they want to get their summer styles right, if they want to make sure that their hair is the optimal health that it can be, that they need to be right here, right now. So make sure you share this episode, make sure you like it because it is time to introduce our first guest. Dr. Carrie is a licensed barber, cosmetologist, celebrity hairstylist, and she is also a board certified trichologist. She is passionate about hairstyling and education and has merged her passion and degree to create a business that caters to, mar to a market that is interested in natural hair and seeking guidance on how to achieve healthier hair. Her reputation as a trusted stylist has led her to establish a relationship with some notable celebrities who include Ava DuVernay, Megan Good, Khalees, and Halle Berry, just to name a few. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Carey. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Carey. Hi, Jumi. How are you? Good. So before we get started, I want to make sure I also bring on our next guest, who is a board-certified medical and cosmetic dermatologist with a subspecialty interest in hair loss, eczema, hyperpigmentation, skin cancer prevention, and skin care consultations. She is dedicated to patient-centered care and education and thoroughly enjoys every scope of her practice, routinely treating hair, skin, and nail problems in pediatric and adult patients. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Hope Mitchell. Hello, Dr. Mitchell. Hi there. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so glad that you all are both here with me. Thank you for jumping in and joining us today. I know it's super important to viewers that they know that stylists and dermatologists should work together as a team so that, you know, when it comes to achieving healthy hair. So I'm really happy that you all are here with us. Yeah. Um, Dr. Carey, why don't you, I start with you and go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewers and tell them a little bit more about you and your work. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me on the show and hello to all of the wonderful viewers who have joined us here today. As Jimmy said, my name is Dr. Carey and I am a trichologist and I am a specialist in natural hair. So as a licensed barber and cosmetologist, I established a business here in Los Angeles called Mahogany Hair Revolution. It's a, um, a hair care salon that caters to women, men, and children who want to keep their hair healthy, and most importantly, be able to style their hair without chemicals or excessive heat. And I've been committed to this work for over 18 years, and I'm just so blessed that I can combine my scientific understanding of hair, um, use the relationships that I have with dermatologists, not only create beautiful styles for my clients, but to help them reach their hair goals. And as Jimmy said, with my passion for hair care, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of celebrities and I'm so glad I can be a part of this conversation today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Oh, so happy that you're here. It's going to be such a great conversation. Love your expertise and I know that the viewers are going to get so much information from you. Before we jump right in, Dr. Mitchell, why don't you go ahead and um, introduce yourself and tell the viewers about you. 
Sure, my name is Dr. Hope Mitchell. I am a board certified dermatologist. I've been in practice for about 23 years and um, I do specialize in um, hair loss and um, just really helping people achieve overall healthy hair. Um, I also specialize in hyperpigmentation. Um, I have a private practice in Ohio called Mitchell Dermatology. And um, I see lots and lots and lots of patients with hair loss. I'm really excited to get right into the topic. All right. Well, with that, let us get right into it. So I want to start with the question of what does healthy hair actually mean? Like, what does it mean to have healthy hair? And what is with the myth that Black women can't have long, natural, healthy hair? Dr. Kerry, why don't, you, why don't we start with you? Well, I like to say that healthy hair is hair that is not breaking. So as far as we talk about the actual physical condition of the hair, there's good elasticity. So like if you were to take your hair strand and do like a gentle pull, it's not breaking easily. It has a good balance of moisture and strength. Mm -hmm. and, um, when we talk about healthy hair, I always think about it being connected to the scalp because oftentimes we put so much emphasis mm -hmm. on just the body of the hair, knowing that healthy hair really begins from the inside out. So I like to approach the conversation of healthy hair from a holistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the myth that we can't grow long, healthy hair <laughs> due to our hair care practices. Mm. So I, I, I tease my clients. I say, if you're breathing, your hair is growing. So mm -hmm. what we have to do is we have to figure out why it's either breaking at the end, so you're not able to retain length, mm -hmm. or ultimately explore the whole lifestyle and figure out what may be impacting the hair growth cycle. Mm, that's real. Because I the whole thing about the scalp, like, yes, we do not think about that. We're just like, it's breaking at the end, get it trimmed, get it trimmed. But it's like, well, what about the scalp? What is happening? So what do we need to be doing <laughs> with our scalps to promote the healthiest hair that we can have? Um, well, I would say very basic. First mm -hmm. of all, clean. <laughs> I think that um, a lot of the practices, the hair care practices, especially in the Black community amongst Black women, is we can go a long time without shampooing and thoroughly cleansing our hair. And I believe with the number of Black women who are transitioning and embracing their hair in its natural form, um, a lot of the education around maintaining and caring for natural hair is missed. Mm -hmm. um, our schools are not set up to teach us how to care for our hair in its natural state. And so conversations like this are really important so that we can get out the right information on how to care for our hair in its natural state. So keeping it clean is first and foremost, and then having a hair care regimen where you can really identify the product. Because okay. everyone's scalp is different. And some people have scalp conditions and disorders. And I know that Dr. Mitchell can really contribute to that yeah. aspect of it. Um, but that's where I would like to start. We got to keep our scalps clean and make sure we're using the right product to keep our scalps clean. So what about diet? So there's a question, how much does diet play in the role when it comes to scalp health? I think, it plays a huge, I think it plays a huge role, right? I think that um, we are what we eat. Um, <laughs> just period. You know, we are. So if we eat healthy, then we're going to have healthy skin and healthy hair. Um, I definitely agree with Dr. with um, Dr. Kari in that we want to have a healthy scalp. And yeah. that's really where dermatologists, you know, we look at the scalp and we help people to understand that an itchy scalp is not healthy, right? So mm -hmm. itchy and flaky and red scalps, you know, scalps and doing this is not healthy. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is not cool. And so when we see our patients, it is our job 
to help them understand that a healthy scalp is necessary to grow healthy hair. And so, you know, I talk to my patients a lot about foods that are just going to promote overall health and wellness, you know, your fruits, your vegetables, your fiber, right? Everything that um, we, we, anything that we can get fiber from to increase our content, we know that that does the body good, um, you know, protein, etc. And so you cannot, in my opinion, achieve healthy hair without a healthy diet. I just don't, I just don't think that you can. I think that it's a huge asset in really being able to grow healthy hair. Okay. So then we've got, we'll get down the fact that, you know, you got to make sure that your scalp is okay and that you're having the right diet and drinking the water and doing everything you need to do. So what about when it comes to really understanding then your hair type and what we need to be doing for our respective hair types, you know, from 3C to 4B, we know all of that kind of stuff, right? What does that actually mean? And what is the value in knowing our type? Well, I'll take that one. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have an interesting perspective about the hair typing system. Okay. Um, I believe it was created to help consumers identify their curl pattern and help them choose products that would work best. I know for myself and a number of professionals, of course, we become acquainted with the hair typing system. Mm -hmm. um, but when we think about just the nature of curly hair in general, and we're talking about like the foundation of health, um, the hair typing system it can create a lot of, I feel, confusion. Confusion. And then I also think it plays a bigger role in our community around this hierarchy around curls. Mm. Like I like to say it's almost it almost parallels to like a form of colorism, but with like hair, because no one wants to be a four, okay? Which yeah. is the tightest, most coiled curl pattern. So I I believe that the system is helpful again when women have an idea of their curl pattern, when choosing products to enhance their curl, um, to style their hair. Mm -hmm. I work with my clients as far as the foundation of keeping their hair healthy. I like to stick to the basics and keep it simple. Because when you talk okay. about curly hair in general, yeah, there are different types of curls, of course, which is what the hair typing system does. There's different degrees of curl. Sure. Um, diameter of the hair shaft can vary, which will create different densities and thickness and stuff like that. But when we think about curly strands in, in its basic form, mm -hmm. curly hair tends to be more naturally porous. It right. needs moisture. It needs extra lubrication on the ends. Um, it needs protection in the form of styling, and that can vary. It doesn't mean you need extensions. Right. Um, and I'm just going to go back to just the simplicity. It just some keep it simple. Keep it simple. Well, let's let's talk about that, and let's talk about you did mention something that I want to touch on is moisture. I think moisture is one of the things that we all struggle with is getting the right balance of what's too much, what's too little. Dr. Mitchell, like talk to us about moisture and the products and how that how we can figure out the right balance of moisture when it comes to moisture. You know, it's really hard, right? Because we have not been taught, you know, traditionally how to care for our hair. But the fact is that um, of all ethnicities, right, Afro-textured hair, right, is the most fragile. Mm -hmm. and, and it's what that means is that with the coil, with every bend and twist, it has the ability to break. Mm. And, you know, we do pr produce sebum at the scalp, but that sebum is not able to come down the shaft, which is curly, right? It's very difficult. And so we don't tend to have oily hair 
like women who have straight hair or Caucasians who have straighter hair, we tend to have drier hair because that oil is not getting down the shaft. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I have to do with my patients is really educate them about that. Mm. That it really is dry and that the solution is not putting grease and oils onto the scalp. We think we think that that's what we need is we need to oil and grease the scalp. We came from that, right? That's what we saw growing up. Some of us. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm dating myself. (laughs) So definitely, we want to do things that will put more moisture into the hair, like steam treatments. Is one of my favorites um, to explain to my patients using the correct products, really getting that moisture into the hair. And I think water, water water-based products, products that have water as the first ingredient are best for some Afro textured hair types, mm-hmm. not oil, not all of them. Not all. But I do think that some, you know, um, can benefit from that. My so hair. Let's talk about, let's talk about products because I think that is probably something that we all need some guidance on about products. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned water based products are starting with the ingredients starting with water. What are some of the best shampoos, conditioners, and moisturizers for? our hair that, you know, what are some ingredients that we should look out for? <laughs> what are some ingredients that we should avoid? I know what is it like petroleum, mineral, like, no, stay away from that. Water's great. But you tell us, what else should we look out for? Yeah, I can join and uh, jump in on that. Um, definitely minerals, phthalates. Um, definitely we want to stay away from those. Um, I tend to recommend oils like jojoba oil, argan oil, just something lighter. Okay. But, you know, some of my um, hair types really like olive oil, um, some of my hair types like castor oil. Again, on the hair, on the hair. Depending castor oil on- seems so thick though. Yeah, but some hair types, some hair is really dry. You know, it's not every day, it's not every day. Right. Um, but certainly there are some hair types that benefit from a heavier oil. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another part of education is really getting your hands into your hair, really understanding your hair itself. Mm-hmm. Because products themselves, we look at them and we think, wow, that would be great for my hair. But until you really understand your hair and its needs, it's really difficult to pick a product, I think. So I want to touch on that. How do we understand our hair and our needs, Dr. Carey? What do we need to do? I need to know my hair. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> well, hopefully after this pandemic, a lot of us know our hair. Okay. <laughs> down, okay, they shut us down, the hairstyle. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's I mean, that's really real though. I mean, you being able to touch your hair, do your hair, feel yeah. your own hair, and then you can utilize your stylist as a guide, as a partner, but you mm-hmm. have some familiarity. And then let's say, because there are some people who are like, because I have the clients, like Dr. Carey, I've done my own hair. I still don't know what's going on. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I tell you, it feels good, or maybe it don't feel good. I don't know. So that's when partnering with a stylist who you trust, someone who's knowledgeable, someone who is demonstrating that they care about your hair as much as you care about your hair, and they're willing to go on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. And as a hairstylist, we are trained, mm-hmm. you know, to understand hair. So mm-hmm. your stylist can then guide you and then point you in the direction of products and help you build a hair care regimen. And when I'm building hair care regimens with my clients, like yourself, Jumi, who's like, help me out. <laughs> make sure that one, we're simplifying the hair care routine and we're at least using the products for three months to see how the hair responds. Mm-hmm. And then if we need to make adjustments because we're keeping the hair care regimen simple, we can do so. 
Okay. And you talk a lot about the simplicity in hair care, uh, Dr. Karen. <laughs> what does, okay, I, I need to know what you're telling your clients because hair, hair care is simple, just that does not seem. <laughs> well, I get it because with the internet, yes. <laughs> there is so much information. And, you know, like Dr. Mitchell, I, I was getting my scalp greased. And what <laughs> I somebody said that in the comments, somebody just I mean, mentioned, you know, they're still scalping. They're still, yeah. Pink oil moisturizer, like sulfur eight. Sulfur eight. So <laughs> as I began to build my clinic and I began to consult with so many women, I kept encountering the same experience with so many women. They're like, when I was younger, my hair was so long and so thick and when we think about what was happening what were you doing you were shampooing your hair you were conditioning you would grease it you would braid it or you would style it from there right so you shampoo you condition you protect mm -hmm. you shampoo mm -hmm. you condition you protect now of course those products had like the mineral oils and the petroleum and sulfates but it worked why because a sulfate is designed to break down mineral oil it's a surfactant so we're putting these heavy oils on our hair which we're protecting they were sealing, and yes, it was creating such a barrier that you would need the sulfate <laughs> to remove it so you can go through the process again. And so, in experiencing that myself as a young black girl, <laughs> getting into the hair industry, yeah. having repeated conversations with women who look like me, I'm like, we need to get back to the basics. Mm. And we just got bombarded with information because so many women were only getting their braids or their natural hairstyles for vacation. Mm -hmm. right? the society you know because of how we would be discriminated against mm -hmm. now that we're in a space where we have laws and we're also we have more examples where we have women who are wearing their hair natural and we mm -hmm. are um doing it more proudly and there's more information mm -hmm. out there um it's time to get back to the basics because i believe that my experience in the hair industry is that a lot of wonderful communities sprouted up as more and more women explore natural hair because they didn't know there were stylists like myself who existed. Yeah. So they were creating safe spaces where they were, you know, experimenting and sharing with one another. This is what works. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm doing. And women, and that's when the, our blogs and our yeah. websites started to grow. But now we're in a space where people are like, it's a lot. <laughs> YouTube and you mixing avocados with eggs. And eggs and bananas and all kinds of Rice water. <laughs> Somebody said, put monostat on the scalp. Your hair will right. grow back. I said, put something back. <laughs> so yeah, well, I just I think need to get back to simple things. Yes, and I think that is so important is for everybody to get back to simple, simplicity. How important do you think the Crown Act is for helping women like break away from the hairstyles that they, you know, they feel like they have to have to really embracing their natural styles and getting back to the basics and the simplicity of it? Oh Dr. Yeah. Just critical absolutely critical, you know, that we be comfortable in our hair, that we can um, feel like we can go to work and not be discriminated against, not be harassed, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because I still have women where there is that struggle. Mm -hmm. But I, I tell you, the number of women that have been liberated has been awesome. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially when we're going through treatments you know, where people, we, we don't, that are experiencing hair loss, we're going through treatment, we don't want them to do some of these styles that really are going to prevent the improvement that they're working so hard for. 
um, I think it's just absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. it really is. Yeah, go, Dr. Harry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I agree with everything that Dr. Mitchell said. It's just been so important. And I, I encountered the same thing over years with clients who were um, nervous about transitioning or choosing a more natural style, mm -hmm. um, and actually mm -hmm. experienced discrimination at work when mm -hmm. they would their hair naturally and would come back and tell me stories. And so I think it's so important that we do um, have these laws in place. It's, it's like a dual thing for me. It's disappointing that we're in 2021 and we have to have these laws in place. And yet the necessity of it because of the constant discrimination that mm -hmm. we as Black people experience in our workplace and even at schools. I mean, we've seen the stories of the children yeah. who have been discriminated against or punished yeah. how their hair naturally grows. Well, we're gonna continue to love on our hair naturally, whatever style and whatever you know we've got going on. And I love the fact that you know it's important to have a healthcare team. I do wanna bring on our other guest, Dr. Yolanda Lindsay. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lindsay. Hello. Um, another black dermatologist. Hey, <laughs> oh, I can't hear you guys. You can't hear us? We can hear you though. Can you hear us? No, oh, Can you uh, hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I can't hear you guys. I don't know what's up. Oh, okay, well. We'll bring Dr. Lindsay back in, in a second. But okay. I did want to continue to kind of talk about, you know, when it comes to, we know what we need to look for when it comes to our moisture, you know, shampoo, conditioner. What do we need to look for when it comes to a stylist? Because we've heard, I know everybody's experienced like horror stories when it comes to stylists. You walk in the salon, you get it done, you walk out and you look like boo boo the food because your hair is messed up and your hair is breaking the week later. What do we need to look for in a stylist to make sure that they are maintaining our hair? I think that, gosh, I'm just gonna jump in really quick because <laughs> I get this a lot with my patients. I think a stylist that's gonna listen to me, right? Mm -hmm. I want to go to someone who's gonna hear me out, mm -hmm. um, that someone who's going to help me, like I think Dr. Kerry uh, mentioned earlier, be able to uh, to empower me to take care of my own hair, right? Mm -hmm. We are in a partnership um, that is going to acknowledge when I have a problem with my hair or my scalp, right? And is not going to continue to, to do styles that are going to worsen my condition, right? Mm -hmm. That are going to be honest with me and are going mm -hmm. to say, you know what? You look thinner. You know, we have a little situation over here. I've heard so many times that, you know, my patients that come in, they're like, and my stylist just, just now telling me, you know, partly you say, well, didn't you notice? But, you know, so we want that partnership to be um, where we are told, look, we have a problem. We need to, you know, get you in with someone who can help you and then be a partnership. You know, we're a team. Yeah. We're a great team. I am, a, I am part of the team as the client. We have a hairstylist, we may have a dermatologist on board, but we're a team and it's all for my good as a client. Mm -hmm. And we know that if we don't, if they don't listen to us, then we start to experience things like such as hair loss around the edges. And we're going to talk about alopecia. And yes, Odetta just took it, the words right out of my mouth. We're going to talk about protective styles now, because that I think is so important with, we think that it is protecting our hair is actually damaging our hair. Mm -hmm. And that damage can become irreversible if we don't take care of it immediately. So mm -hmm. let's talk about some of these conditions. Let, let's go into talking about protective styles. Are our protective styles really protecting our hair? Dr. Carey. 
<laughs> um, well, you know, that is a multi-layered question. One, okay. I would say, I like to first define protective. And yes. so for me, a protective style is a style that will give your hair a break from regular and daily manipulation. So as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't mean that you have to have extensions. Mm -hmm. um, it means that you could twist your natural hair. Um, you can braid your natural hair. You could do a beautiful wet set on your hair. And mm -hmm. as long and when you wear that style, what it does is typically those styles with your natural hair will last you two, sometimes even three weeks, depending on the client. And it gives your hair a break from the daily manipulation because mm -hmm. our hair is fragile. And so if you don't have to comb and do all that, then you're, you're going to experience less breakage. Um, but there are protective styles that cause more damage. And yes. that leads back to the stylist, you know, how our stylists are trained. Again, when it comes to natural hair braiding and a lot of the styles that are very cultural um, and specific to black hair care, there isn't there aren't formal institutions of training that show us mm -hmm. how to do it. It's a cultural practice that's passed down. And so you have very talented braiders, but they may be using too much tension. They Ooh. are adding too much uh, hair to extension styles, which is creating weight. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we talk about products or even the type of hair that's mm -hmm. available on the market, the different hair fibers that can dehydrate the hair, that can cut into our natural hair. Um, and so unfortunately, when you, you have a stylist who may not be trained um, in the proper way to install a protective style, then you can experience damage. The other side of that is the education for the client, because mm -hmm. then we have cultural practices like I'm going to keep my braids in for three, four months. Mm, and the whole summer. <laughs> or not shampoo while you have the styling. Yes. Or, I'm not, or I'm not, Dr. Mitchell is on. I'm not going <laughs> to clean my hair, you know, or shampoo my hair. And so in that case, the style that was serving as a protective style now it becomes a catalyst for damage. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes time to remove the style, that's when a lot of women are experiencing breakage. So all that new growth, you're like, girl, it's look how much my hair is growing. So we talk about it not growing. No, it grew, but during that removal process, it broke. Mm. And that could be due to several factors based on installation, managing and caring for the hair while it was in the style and the process of removing the style. So how long should we be keeping in each respective hairstyle? So if I would say, okay, how long should we be keeping in a weave? Who wants to hit me with that one? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, everything is less than a month. So I'm- Everything? I think- <laughs> I was gonna say for a weave, at least a month. Okay. You know, no more than four weeks. So that's within Dr. Mitchell's timeline, especially because when you think about weaving, you can't get to the scalp. You can't get to the scalp. Right. You can't get to the scalp. So what about braids? Um, with braids, I recommend no more than eight weeks, but that's only if, you get what I call a touch up mm -hmm. because the most fragile part is the hairline mm -hmm. and the hair is constantly growing. That extension becomes a weight. So I, I, I I'm one of the healthiest braiders I know. And I, <laughs> I still tell my clients that no matter how little tension I use, how little hair I use, the extension is still a weight. And after a period of, of that three to four weeks, the hair is gonna grow. And if we don't go in and remove those braids completely or twist extensions or whatever it is and redo it, re-anchor it to the scalp so it's not hanging, causing tension, it can cause damage. So if you're gonna wear a style longer than four weeks, like your braids, your twists, your lock extensions, mm -hmm. touch up is so important and really concentrating around the hairline because that's what's being manipulated the most. And that's where a lot of women experience the most damage. 
goes and, around and it's like yeah. you're saying it's a partnership right you know you have to be a partner with your stylist and you have to check in you know so i think that's really important and yeah. you know to be honest i think that you can extend to eight weeks i just think at four weeks we really should be evaluating what are we doing we really yeah. should be taking it down i think everyone is different right i don't mm -hmm. think everyone can go eight weeks. I don't think everyone can go four. But I think what's important is that it depends on the style that you have. It depends on how what you what what that style is. But when you take it out, are you taking breaks? You know, mm -hmm. are you going right back into that style again? So uh, I yeah. think that there's a lot of considerations again um, to promote healthy hair. You got to give the breaks. You know, I often say try to be in as long as you're out. You know, the same thing. Just switch it up. Mm -hmm. So what about, there's a good question here about sister locks. What about sister locks and care? She's had tremendous growth and she goes every eight weeks. You know, how can she protect her edges? Um, well, I think with locks, locks are just very, they're very similar to me when I think about an extension style because a lock is an accumulation of shed hair. So mm -hmm. as the locks get longer, they become weightier. And mm -hmm. so um, the what she's doing now to maintain the health of her locks is the best thing that she can do. That consistent um, retightening process to make sure that the lock is reinforced to the scalp so it's not becoming a weight, um, depending depending on the length of her locks. So I my, I recently cut my locks within the last year. My locks are to my waist. Oh, wow. And again, it was weight. And even with me maintaining and caring for my hairline, um, I still felt the weight. And so I knew in order to preserve my hairline, I needed to eliminate the weight, so I had to cut my locks. And that was a personal choice that I made for the health of my hair. But I think for other women, because again, everyone is different. If you want to maintain your length, it's going to be important that with locks, if you're feeling the weight, then you're going to want to manipulate the hair less. Like I noticed when my locks got to my waist, I wasn't pulling them up as much because that's, you know, pulling. It's weight. I wore them down mostly or I would do like half up, half down. So when we think about our hairlines, they're very fragile. Um, with the locks, you want to keep them, um, keep the maintenance consistent. Okay. And then you just want to avoid styles that are adding more tension, more traction, no tight ponytails, no tightly braided styles. And even, you know, with sister locks, the, the process of retightening the locks is very similar to what I do, which is like an interlocking method. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that's not being done too tightly. Because that steel yeah. too can cause uh, traction. So now I want to talk about what I'm sure you know we've all struggled with at some point, or we're, we're fearful that we're going to do have to deal with, and that is um, hair loss, traction alopecia, and any other related alopecia. But I want to bring on Dr. Lindsay now to join the conversation. You there with us, Dr. Lindsay? Yes, I am. Can you hear welcome, me now? Welcome. Yes, yes, we can hear you. Awesome. We can Hi, hear you. Everyone. <laughs> I just my last patient, so I'm just running from that to here. So. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hi, Dr. Ho. Hi, Dr. Kari. How are you guys doing today? Hey, doing well, right. Dr. <laughs> it's so good to have all of you all in this space and to give us so much education. I mean, we've talked about everything so far, products, moisture, hair type, how to maintain your different styles. And now I really want to get into how to make sure that we don't get into a place where we have to we have to lose hair unnecessarily, you know? I know there are some conditions that it does happen, but it can really be prevented. So what are, you know, some of the health conditions that Black women might experience that lead to hair loss and how can we combat them? You know, Dr. Lindsay, I'd love to start with you with that one. 
Sure. I mean, I just finished a whole day of patients and clearly in black women, the most um, common condition that I diagnose every single day, multiple times a day is a condition called CCCA, which stands for central centrifugal cicatricial alopecia. Long word I know. Long word I know. It's basically a form of scarring or permanent hair loss that happens in the crown of the scalp. It usually starts off small and it spreads over time. So that's what the word um, centrifugal means. And um, a lot of research has been done in the past couple of years to determine like why this develops. And some really groundbreaking um, research from my colleagues um, out of South Africa and mm-hmm. Israel found a mutation in a gene that's responsible for how the hair follicle forms called PADI3. And so in about 25% of people, there's actually a genetic mutation in this particular gene. That um, causes it, this. What'd you say? That, that will cause the alopecia. Yes. It, yeah. Wow. It contributes. Exactly. It contributes and in, okay. Yep. And it's not present in everyone. So we mm-hmm. always say this is multifactorial. Um, the other thing that has been found that can trigger this condition are these certain hair care practices that we, you guys have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, braids weaves, locks, um, question mark relaxers in the past. Ooh, that creamy so, crack. Uh-oh. Yeah, so all of these um, hair care practices can play a contributing role. Mm-hmm. And so in individuals who are dealing with, and I always have my, I do a lot of virtual consultations. <laughs> so I just like to show a little picture. Oh, can wow. you guys see this? Can I see that? Yeah, so this you. is, if you've seen this before on yourself or, wow. or someone else, you want to get this address ASAP because it's only going to expand over time. And so this is my passion. Um, I see far too many patients who come in super late with this condition. I just mm. diagnosed someone a few minutes ago with this condition because her friend came here. And so um, thank you for this type of uh, platform to yeah. really bring the alarm that this is an epidemic amongst mm. Black women and it's being called everything that it's not. It's being called stress. She told the patient, my doctor said, oh, it's probably just stress. Mm. This is not stress. It has a name and it's called CCCA. Okay. (laughs) Did y'all hear that? It is not stress. It's that. It it could be a condition, which is so important to see and have these conversations because who would know that? Exactly. And so, um, yeah. And so it's, it's like important because people come in and they're like, can I grow my hair back? And we can often get a lot of regrowth, but once those follicles have become scarred, there is no, there's nothing there left to grow. So no oil that you see on Instagram or Facebook is going to bring back hair if there is no follicle there. Okay. Oh, I want man. everyone to understand the science, right? You yeah. have to have Thank a healthy you. follicle to be able to grow hair from. If there's and no so, follicle, there's no hair. There's, there's no oils, no there's no, no magic creams, there's and nothing. Yeah, in this picture, you can see this lady's follicles are gone in that mm. area. So I try to show patients pictures so they can really get, oh, yeah, that makes sense why 
castor oil didn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. So follicle there, right? And so, yeah, but um, super important. This condition can also lead to a lot of symptoms, itching. So when we do a lot of this banging, you know. Well, we're trying to protect our hair. You know, we're not trying to scratch the style up. <laughs> right, but a lot of that itching, a lot of us Black women have been um, accustomed to think that an itchy scalp is normal. It's not, yes, normal. It's not normal. I say that these symptoms are um our bodies giving us an alarm saying address this this is an issue don't let this just go and and don't just try to you know cover it up with grease and things like that yeah. um, but how do you so know that is a good question sure just asked how do you how can you tell if it's gone i mean aside from visually like can you feel that it's gone does it feel smooth or something no this is a this is a an expert pro I, this is my pro tip i use in my office <laughs> I put this on your scalp and i look through and i can see that but we don't have that at home. So well, how this is not a home diagnosis. <laughs> getting a diagnosis. Okay, is there we go. This is a medical condition, just like your high blood pressure has to get diagnosed mm. or whatever condition you have. And so I think I was in a group last night and we and one of my colleagues was saying we have such a high threshold to see a dermatologist or to see a doctor, we need to lower that threshold. Thank you suspect that, that yeah. something's going on. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Dr. Hope and I, we went to school like 12 years for this, right? Right. So it's, it's a whole thing that we, yeah. that we do. And then we specialize in hair loss in particular because a lot of even my dermatology colleagues are not great at diagnosing and treating hair loss. So though there are dermatologists that do like general derm and then we specialize in hair loss. So, so yeah, so you, you won't be able to figure it out, it out at home. It takes so you guys hear that. Don't try to self-diagnose. Don't try to feel it and say, I'm okay. Like go and see your medical professional because they are the ones that can really diagnose it. Can scalp massages help though? Is there something like that can do to stimulate the, the scalp and the follicles? I mean, it can help you get a good nap and feel good. But it's, <laughs> it's not going to. So this condition is caused by inflammation. There are cells called lymphocytes mm -hmm. that are in the scalp that are attacking that hair follicle. So a massage is not going to take care of those lymphocytes. We mm. are often prescribed um, antibiotics, for example, not because it's infected, but because that helps to decrease the inflammation. Mm. So, um, patients often say, what about my diet? Yes, work on your diet, yeah. mm -hmm. but you can still have a clean diet and still have this condition. So I say, do all the things, <laughs> do all, exercise, go to church, pray, do all of it. Because, But that alone, those things alone, I don't think it's going to completely eradicate this condition. Perfect. And so that's why a multi-phased um, approach is important work with your doctor, work with your stylist to mm -hmm. make sure they're educated and they're not doing styles that are going to be that we just mentioned that can mm -hmm. worsen this problem. But I, I mean, I'm excited because I have seen with our partnership with stylists, um, mm -hmm. like shout out to the Natural Hair Industry Convention. That's how I met Dr. Carey a few years mm -hmm. ago. Um, we've been partnering with them for the past several years, educating the stylists. So mm -hmm. the stylists can help to pick these things up because if, if there are any stylists watching this, you guys are on the front line yes, with the ability you. to pick these things up early. By the time people get to me, it's usually it's very, very late like this. We that was going to be my question, early. though. Yes. Yeah, how long does it take for it to develop? Like if our stylists are, they're the ones in our hair. If they're not telling us that, oh, you might need to go and insert, see a dermatologist, what are we supposed to do? How long does it take to develop? 
so it, it it runs the gamut. But what I do know, most people, the, the time that they tell me that it's been going on, it's been going on way longer than that. Mm. So people will say six months. I'll look at it and say, that's no, not that's not six months. months. Yeah. That's been a couple of years. And so many times it can be towards the back and you can't see. You can't see so it, you don't go to a stylist, have your family members to look through. My, my patient today just said her daughter said, mom. It's not looking good back there. Mm. And she took a picture for her and said, she was like, what? So she had no clue. And wow. so said, we got to work with what we have. Work with the people in your house. Say, hey, can you look at my scalp? Her scalp was itching and burning. And so she said, yeah. look at it. And they, she, her daughter could see it. So, so the yeah. itching and burning is definitely a clear indication that something is going wrong on the, on the hair. Exactly. Right, but sometimes yeah. some people have no symptoms at all. So this this condition oh. is tricky. It, it can be tricky sometimes. I'll have patients come in sometimes and their scalp looks a mess. And I'll be mm. like, is it itching her? They'll be like, mm-mm, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. And so everybody is different. That's why we take we look at the symptoms, but we also have to look and do a detail. I take my little my little scope out and I go through and look look at the follicles. So, mm -hmm. so it, it's both. Absolutely. It's absolutely both. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lindsay, you came on with the information. I, I just get fired up about this. I can't right. finish seeing patients. I just go, oh boy, we, we got a lot of work to do, but I'm glad you're having this platform yeah. today. Hopefully somebody watching this will be inspired to do to take action and not Absolutely. keep trying things at home but actually get to the root and that's actually the name of my book that i wrote called getting to the root because mm -hmm. my goal is to help mm -hmm. you to figure out what's really going on and right then, yeah and so that's 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 what it's so all what about. if someone's not comfortable and they don't have you know a, a stylist is going to tell them they don't have somebody that can get through their hair and like a friend is going to tell them that their hair is falling out you know what can what if they're just like i'm just going to cover it up with a wig or another style like how damaging is that for them? I mean, you're, you're basically smoldering. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Dr. Mitchell. Yeah, no, it's just delaying. You know what is like what is going on. We need to get a diagnosis. Yeah, so like Dr. Lindsay said, CCCA is the most common form of scarring hair loss in Black women, but there are other mm -hmm. forms of hair loss, and sometimes it's yeah, more yeah, than more than about those. yeah mm -hmm. it can be more than one thing going on. And so I think it's really important, like she said, I mean, we all agree, as soon as you notice any hair loss, you want to get in to see a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. I also want people to know that these appointments can be covered under most insurance plans. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, definitely um, get in and, and be seen, but covering it up is not treating it. We need to have treatment for all forms of hair loss. And at this time, we have a lot of good treatments if we can catch it early. If we can catch it early. That is great because that was going to be a question. It's like, is it repairable? But it seems like it is if it's caught early. But caught when, early. when is early and when is it just too late? It's early when, Dr. Lindsay, could you show that picture again, please? Yes. <laughs> That's early on the left side. That's okay. Early. Too late is the big bald. Yes, we don't feel as we don't have the optimism that we have when it's the one on the right. Mm. Right. There's not a lot that we can do. But on the one on the left where the spot is smaller, although that patient has lost some hair follicles and has some scarring, we could probably recruit some hairs from the follicles that exist and at least 
build the density of that area, right? And so we can get hairs to come out of the follicles that we have, and mm -hmm. then the density in that area will look better. And so it'll be more of a cover-up for that area. And okay. so that's why it's important. That's the benefit of getting these diagnoses earlier. Yeah. And then the other thing is a lot of these um, diagnoses can be chronic, right? Mm -hmm. And so they can get better, but there could be a time where it worsens. And so the education that goes into being a partner with a dermatologist is that we hope that you don't take two steps forward and three steps back. Right. right. Grow right. the hair, but we also want you to understand your diagnosis, the triggers, other things that can contribute to hair loss. Because like Dr. Lindsay said, it's usually multifactorial. There's usually more than one thing going on that we can address. There may so be a thyroid dysfunction. There may be a low vitamin D. There may be iron levels that are off. So there's a lot that goes into evaluating, treating, and helping you to maintain healthy hair. So do they have to come and see a dermatologist or can it be, or does it, or does it have to be a specific hair specialist? Like who can somebody go see if they realize that something's going wrong? Is it just coming to a dermatologist or is it somebody else? It could be, it could be multiple people, but we are part of the team. Remember earlier we were talking yeah. about the team. So there could be a trichologist, there could be the dermatologist, there could be an endocrinologist if there's hormone imbalance. Um, so there can be multiple people that are part of the repair process because, again, depending upon what's going into the problem, what's mm -hmm. adding to the problem of hair loss, we would have to address it all. Address that as well. Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to add, Dr. Hope, is um, also you sometimes you might have to go for a second opinion. And so sometimes yeah. I do virtual work with people who've seen a dermatologist and maybe they weren't able to get on a treatment regimen that was that has been effective. Yeah. And so I just encourage people to keep going. Don't give up. If you're not getting results, you know, keep going until you get the answers that you need because you're worth it. You might have to spend a little bit of extra money. You might have to spend a little bit of extra time. But from this work that I've been doing the past 10, 11 something years, um, it's so worth it. My mother was diagnosed with CCCA back in the 80s and she was just prescribed a topical medication and told there's nothing that can be done. And mm. I would say there's something that can always be done. While we can't bring back all of these follicles, wouldn't you prefer to stay right here than, yes. than to go there? Definitely. So that's a win. If we can keep it stable, that's a win because if you do nothing, in five, 10 years, it's going to be triple the size. Ooh, so that's yeah. the thing. That's that the thing is. we have to and keep be, in mind. And be willing to travel. We talk about this all the time. Be willing if you need to travel, even for a one appointment. Be, I have had people come to see me from Tennessee, all parts of Ohio. And you're, you're based once, in Ohio, correct, Dr. Mitchell? Yeah. 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 But once you get in and we really can see what's going on, I can continue a lot of the visits virtually. Mm. So y'all hear that. You don't have to go to somebody right where you, you are. Check back in in six months. You know, depending on what you have, it's worth getting into someone who has a passion about hair loss. It is worth it. understand your hair type. It is worth it. Yes. That is, a, yeah, that is, that's such a good point that you just put, brought up. Because I feel like sometimes we just feel so limited. 
to mm-hmm. our area. And we're just like, there's nobody around. I'm just going to throw on this curly wig until maybe the castor oil starts mm-hmm. to kick in, which we know is incorrect. <laughs> right. I know that's not going to work. So thank you so much for, for bringing that up. You know, what would you say are some small consistent changes that women can implement starting today that is going to help us take back our hair and really continue to protect our amazing crowns. Like what can we be doing right after this show to say, I've got my hair journey on like, I know what I'm gonna do from this day forward. I think one of the first things that our viewers and the women who watch this can do is first try to find a stylist in their area that they trust, someone someone who's trained, excuse me, someone who can partner with them on the journey. Um, If they already have a hair care regimen, they can consult. Um, with that stylist and see, you know, if the products they're using are the best products for their hair care and their hair type. I mean, for their hair, for their scalp and their hair. Um, and then get recommendations. I mean, I think that's a, a simple step. And as far as consistency, once you get those product recommendations, once you have that regimen, again, sticking to it. I know the temptation of new products. <laughs> things come. Well, yeah, social media is just like, ooh, right. ooh, ooh. You want to mix and match and do things, but it's when you start using too many products, if an issue does arise in your hair and scalp, it's hard to pinpoint what it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple of comments, you know, referencing dermatitis. So when that happens, I, you, we got to strip everything and like start from ground zero. So I think the simple thing is partnering with someone in your area. And I just love how Dr. Mitchell keeps emphasizing the importance of a team because as a hairstylist and a trichologist, one thing that I emphasize to my even other stylists that I train, um, as Dr. Lindsay said, we're the first line, but I don't encourage us to work outside of our scope. And so it's so important that we partner with medical dermatologists because we are able to at least identify some mm-hmm. of these inflammatory scalp things. There is nothing we can do in the salon mm. until eliminate the inflammation. Mm-hmm. So you know, that dermatologist would be the next step outside of the salon, and then they would be able to guide and direct to the other medical professionals that um, a client may need. So simple step, find someone in your area who you trust who's been trained. (laughs) And we'll have the conversation with you because if they're looking at your hair and they don't say anything, they're doing you a disservice. Mm -hmm. So you have to find somebody that is willing to have the conversation and who's going to Especially push you to make that ne- take that next step and find the dermatologist that you can yeah. go to. And so um, I just want to add in, I love yeah. what Dr. Carey just said, because there are some trichologists that I have come across that often disparage dermatologists and say mm. that they can take care of everything themselves. And that's just not true. Um, you know, these are medical conditions. Many times these need to be treated medically with prescriptions and things. We often partner together. And so um, thank you so much for saying that because um, some I have heard in these social media streets. I'm just, I just like, no, no, no. Dr. Lindsay knows I'm so big on that. And what I will say is that I have a trichology certification program where I do train stylish. And because of my position on the board, I know how important it is to stay within our scope and we're not going to help our clients promising things that again are outside of our scope right Um, because again it's it's medical and we are not licensed or trained in medicine we cannot diagnose i'm also really big on language you know when i talk to stylists and even my own clients not to diagnose as and dr mitchell both have talked about, I can identify based on talking to my clients about 
symptom experiencing or mm-hmm. you know me having the ability to use my trichoscope in salon to get a magnified look at the scalp. But once I do that, I cannot diagnose. I cannot you gotta give it to the next person. Yeah, like, yeah. this is CCCA. I yeah. tell my this is characteristic of, but as Dr. Mitchell said earlier, there's so many scalp conditions that mimic and look like one another. It might be some androgenic in there. Right. So we got the whole team has to come together for sure. Are there yes. some places that I mean, we've got so many people that tune in from all over the country and Finding a dermatologist, let's be real, is not an easy kind of situation sometimes. And I know that BlackDoctor.org has a great resource, has a great directory of resources. But are there, is there a specific, like for Black dermatologists, Black hair care specialists that we could, you know, provide for the viewers today that they can go and look these people, some people up? Yes, definitely. Um, Yes. Go ahead, Dr. Lindsay. Oh, okay. Um, one of our colleagues created a wonderful resource. Um, they have an Instagram page and a website. It's called blackdermdirectory.com. How simple can yes. you get? And you can search by zip code and you can find a dermatologist. Um, I would um, recommend any of these people in your areas. And there may not be someone directly in your city. Getting back to Dr. Mitchell's point that you may have to travel. Uh, I'm not sure if the viewers know, but we make up only 3% of the nation's dermatologists. And we are 12% of the U.S. population. So if there is definitely an underrepresentation, so shout out to all the youth out there. If you want a great career, this is something to think about. You can make Mm -hmm. a huge impact in our community. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so blackdermdirectory.com. Check that out. Okay, so Black Derm Directory, everybody, that's a great place to find dermatologists near you or somewhere within a reasonable driving or maybe even flying distance because your hair is worth it. So before we let you go, Dr. Mitchell, I'm going to start with you. What is something that the viewers can take with them today that you want to leave with them today about how they can go on a more positive hair journey and really take control of their hair health? Um, You know, I know we're all going to say something different, but for me, because of my passion, don't be afraid if you are experiencing hair loss. Do not be afraid. Um, I think just about all of us have had an experience with hair loss. And it's why we're here is because we want to empower you to get in and get the help that you need. Don't cover it up. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to get more than one consultation if necessary. Um, make sure that when you see, you know, that you reach out, that you're reaching out to someone that you are assured is culturally competent, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if that first go round doesn't go right, go the second go round, go the third go round, but you need to take charge. You need to be the CEO of your hair. Woo! Make CEO sure of your hair. that because it's your hair and you are born with all the follicles you ever have. They are yours. And so mm-hmm. you want to protect them. Don't be afraid at all. We are here. We're out here. We're very compassionate. We know more than we've ever known. I've been in the field for 23 years and just the excitement about what I can do in my hair loss consultations now that I could not do when I finished residency, mm. it is absolutely amazing. Mm. And so um, we're. I just want to encourage you all. I agree with Dr. Lindsay. We are compassionate, we are kind, we want to help you, we want to empower you, we want to educate you. And that's what your consultation could be about with the right person. With the right person, love that. Thank you. What about you, Dr. Carey? What do you wanna leave with the viewers today about their hair health? 
I just want to add on to what Dr. Mitchell says. She phrased it so beautifully. I think the most important thing, especially when I think about the hairstylist community, is the same standard to really take your time and consult with your stylist and your professional stylist and to know again that you have the right to make the choices that are going to be best for you. And so don't be afraid to ask those tough questions or to ask if they've been licensed or, you know, are they familiar with this, you know, type of hair care? You know, these are things that are important because I've had experiences with clients who will have experienced a stylist where they didn't ask these questions, whether it was out of fear, intimidation or, you know, whatever it may be. But I really love what Dr. Mitchell said. I think that's so important because that's where the journey begins, mm -hmm. especially for those who, who need support. So, you know, do your due diligence, take your time and then honor yourself and whatever it is that you feel when you go. And again, it's OK to get, you know, multiple opinions and to to do take your time. So I, I would like to just add to that and encourage all of the viewers to find a good partner and a, and a good team. Find your partner, find your team, y'all. All right, Dr. Lindsay, what are you going to leave us with? What do the viewers need to take with them today to really feel good about their hair and their journey? Sure, I, I would echo everything that uh, my colleagues have said before me. And I would just say one thing I always like to leave, get a diagnosis first, okay? Um, people always ask me, what should I go buy? What should I go and try? Nothing, go buy a diagnosis. <laughs> Take your copay, that's what you use your money for and, and get a diagnosis because the reason yeah. why is because the six months you waste um, trying biotin and trying this or that, you could be losing follicles. And so we are we are on a follicle rescue mission. We are trying to save every follicle that you have. And so that six months, that four months, all of that makes a huge difference. And so um, wait, hold on, hold on. Dr. Lindsay, you're saying the hair, skin, nail, pills, all that stuff, don't do it. Don't do it. So many people come in, they've already spent so much money. And then I'm telling them some other stuff. But the thing that I tell you is going to be evidence based. That means there has been some research that has been done. And I mean, oh my goodness, there's so many uh, things that are out there that people are buying that have no data behind them. So that's why you want to partner with, with an expert. That's why you want to spend your money wisely. You spend your time wisely because time is not only money, time is follicle. It's follicle. <laughs> time is follicle. I'm just going to end on that one. Time is follicles. Be the CEO of your hands. Listen, you all have been absolutely amazing. I don't know anywhere else that we could have had a, such an incredible conversation about our hair and what we need to do and getting it from experts for our hairstylists and medical professionals. Like This has been incredible. I know that all the viewers watching right now and all the people that are going to watch the replay are going to feel so blessed that they had the opportunity to sit in on this conversation and get incredibly educated. So thank you all, Dr. Carey, Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Lindsay. I'm so grateful for you all. Everybody watching, I really hope that you've gleaned a ton of information from today's show. It is on replay. You can watch it on Black Doctor Facebook and YouTube platforms. And just taking the information and just love your hair, love your journey, and don't be afraid of what you got going on right now because it can always be improved. So once again, thank you for joining me this week. I will see you all again next week, same time, same place. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much.